They're both seen as uh, potentially very threatening because they are executives with a record who've raised money. Hello and welcome to the Instec London podcast. This is Matthew Grant, one of the partners at Instec London. And in this week's episode, we've got a, a slightly short one for you because everybody else seems to be off on holiday. But you've got Paolo, Robin and myself talking about some of the themes we're seeing happening in the market, uh, some of the new things emerging in August and what we're going to be getting up to for the rest of the year. Matthew, Robin, is this proving to be the usual quiet, boring August in EC3? Well, the fact that three of us are actually sitting together in a room suggests that maybe everyone else is off having fun, but maybe we're the only ones doing some work. But, but, but no, uh, I don't think it's boring. I mean, just judging by the news items that we've come across and people we've been talking to about some of the activity out there, I think, if anything, people are actually using the time to push out new initiatives, you know, to take time to think about some of the things they want to be doing. Uh, and maybe the reinsurance brokers are off enjoying life in the sun, but uh, other people are back here in London doing uh, a whole bunch of stuff, it seems. Well, I, I've also noticed um, an increasing desire to speak about the digitization of insurance and what that really means. Um, I think that uh, I sense the moving of the tectonic plates. I th- it's not like they're not overdue a move, and I've been uh, sort of prophesying this for decades now. but. Uh, there are more people now talking about uh, the possibility of grappling with the transition to a true digital insurance model than there have been for a long time. And, and uh, you know, these are self-fulfilling in the sense that if everybody else thinks that everybody else is going to do it, then, then they're going to start looking at it. And, and I sense that's what's starting to happen. Okay, and uh, and we hear you know different views of what a true digital model looks like. I mean, Matthew, it'd be good to understand when you're talking with people, what does true digital mean? Yeah, I think at some level everyone claims they're digital today, but I mean the reality is that you either need to be providing a full stack digital experience, or you need to be a company that is providing a component of that that can easily slot into other people's components or platforms and. Experience has shown for the last three years that it is you know, Im- it's difficult and maybe even impossible for an existing insurance company to do that alongside business as normal. And you basically the only way to do it is to go out there and launch a new initiative as a uh, as a greenfield site and make the investment to go and build out the technology, starting you know, one end of the distribution all the way through to access to capital. I think what's also intriguing is seeing you know, large organisations we had. Hitachi speaking at our event recently on uh, InsureTech as a service, you know, where they have gone out to offer propositions to insurance companies and they themselves are investing the time to go and find the different components, the different startups and some more established companies that they can actually slot in to their, their own platform. But, you know, I think it's questionable whether an existing insurance company is ever going to really have the ability to invest what it takes to, to build a full stack digital insurance operate, operation alongside their existing business. Let's be quite clear what we don't mean by going digital. What we don't mean is sticking little bits of InsureTech on your nasty legacy 1988 policy admin system and calling it digital. You know, we've been using the expression at InsureTech, InsureTech London for a while now digital lipstick on a legacy pig 
you know that, that we're, we're, that's not digital. Digital is start from scratch and build something on Amazon, Google, Apple, Microsoft technologies and make it truly, truly digital. Right, but but Robin, as you say, you've been sort of saying that's what we should be doing for for a long time now, and you know a lot of people have been nodding and and then doing different things. What what's different this time? Why do you have this hope? Why do you think the tectonic plates are finally moving? There, in my view, there are two big drivers. The first is is of course the publication of the Future of Lloyd's um, prospectus. Uh, John Neal has created a, a sense that he's serious, that he's you know it's going to get done this time. That's forced everybody to go back home and look to their own environments and work out what all this means for them. Uh, are they going to have to, you know, be forced to operate in somebody else's vision of a digital world? Uh, how do they uh, respond to that in terms of their internal infrastructure and framework? That's that's clearly one big influence. Uh, and there's another, which is um, the vast amounts of capital that Stephen Catlin has attracted for his. Uh, convex insurer and uh, the 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 work that Stephen Gill's done on on the the broking side, you know they are both uh, seen as uh, potentially very threatening because they are uh, executives with a record who've raised money. Uh, they could get the tech the, the tech choices right from the off. They come without legacy. Uh, you know, you don't need to be a genius to work out that they could provide the same services at a fundamentally different, of a fundamentally different cost base. Uh, and, and I think the incumbents find that really quite threatening and have to work out what they want to do about it. And, and make the investment. I mean, Convex have raised $1.8 billion. Admittedly, that's capital for underwriting, but that is still uh, people making decisions to allocate money to insurance. And yeah, they're also going to have to raise or use some of that money for building out their infrastructure. So yeah, the answer to it is you can't do this thing cheaply unless it's through an organization that is willing to move it more slowly and separate itself. So we spoke to uh, Graham Elliott from Azure Underwriting recently. Uh, he's built what he calls his managing digital agency where they've created a high net worth business that is, uh, is, is going to be full stack. I mean, it's almost not quite there, but it's definitely almost there. They've, they've defined a niche but quite large market area, and they're demonstrating that it can be done successfully. I think there is a nice story emerging that InsureTech is starting to um, be an influence too. The, the successful MGAs like Graham Elliott as you are raising substantial amounts of money. I don't think you need to be a genius to work out that the best of them will at some point start to raise their own uh, capital. Uh, at that point, frankly, they've become digital insurers. They've started at the front end, and they've ended up, um, you know, with risk capital and and become uh, full full stack insurers in in you know taking that route. So uh, I don't think they're yet perceived as a threat because I think most of them are playing in the, you know, the more in the B two C space. But uh, insurtech is starting to you know be part of the 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 the, the influences over the over the. Uh, the incumbent world as, as success stories start to emerge, you know, three or four years in. Yeah, I mean, it's also you know, one of the trends we're seeing that I think is driving this is, you know, some of the what would have been classified as startups, but are now actually starting to generate real revenue. So, com- so companies like Floodflash, who I was in seeing yesterday, they have a very simple proposition, which is they will stick a sensor on the size of a building in a flood area, and their target market is 
is SME and commercial businesses that would either find it really expensive to get flood insurance or just couldn't get it at all. They've now got a proposition which is playing into this theme around parametric insurance. So essentially, when the flood rises to a certain level, that triggers a payment and it goes straight into the uh, the, the business's account. You know, there's no need for any kind of claims adjustment. They've got Everest re providing their capacity. You know, Everest just want to make sure there's a robust business in place. Uh, but what Floodflash done, which is which is a is clever, but b again proves you can do this. They found brokers across the country that have actually got clients they want to offer this to, and Floodflash is selling policies ranging from anything from 100 pounds up to uh, 10,000 pounds, and they are uh, they built a, they built a business has got great potential to scale. So they've proved you can do it. And I think what's particularly interesting about it uh, is that they've actually found a way of solving a problem that something was uninsurable before. And it's, it's often easier, it's still hard to do it, but it's relatively easier to go into a, a sort of greenfield space for a risk and provide a solution than it is to change something that's already there and has got processes built in place and established, established relationships. While you were seeing Floodflash, uh I'd gone to the other end of the scale and had a, a chat with Google, uh, and um, it's becoming increasingly clear to me what their uh, approach will be. They have no intention, I don't think, of playing uh, in the legacy space of trying to help anybody move from legacy to digital. I don't think they see a revenue model in the transition transformation space, which uh, they are happy to leave to the big consulting houses. Uh, as far as they're concerned, they have a digital model themselves. They are digital. They have digital analysis tools. They have digital trading platforms. They have digital toolkit for anyone who wants to do digital. And it follows, therefore, that the only businesses they uh, intend to engage with, uh, and this applies to insurance as well as anything else, are digital businesses. And as there are, as yet, no digital insurers for them to engage with in the UK their focus will be on startups on people who can make use of their digital kit uh, and concentrate their um, innovation attentions on on them and I think that's quite an interesting story from an insurtech point of view um, you know everybody sort of panicked a few years ago about what Google were going to do would they enter the space? Would they, you know, become insurers? Uh, this is the first time I've seen them declare their hand in what I think is quite a smart move. It's, it's, uh, we're digital. We're going to stay digital. Come and talk to us if you've got something cool and digital to talk about. Good. Thank you, Robin Matthew. It's, um, it's clearly going to be a busy autumn. In, in some ways, the last time it felt like like this on the insurtech front was was three years ago when we were sort of going through the first wave of of, of new insurtech startups. And I think yeah, back then one of the things that Insurtech London worked very hard to to do was to help its members work out where they should be looking, with whom they should be engaging. And it would be good to understand. I know there's a, a packed agenda of events for the autumn. What is it that that's planned in order to help members work out where are those directions they should be looking for, rather than just being overloaded with all the latest digital insurance news? Yeah, crikey! I mean, it feels like <laughs> we're doing something right because the demand is is really high for us to either put on our own events or to help people do things themselves. And uh, all all credit to Robin, who's actually got someone to fund a wine tasting event. 
um, by uh, by special invitation only. But if you're a corporate member for Instec, then you may well be on that that guest list. Um, but we've got it. We've got a couple of things coming up in the early part of the autumn. So 24th of September, we've got what we're calling our reverse pitch, which is a chance for the insurance and so large large corporates to actually talk to the community about what it is they want to have help with what problems they need to be solved. Uh, and then on the 22nd of October, we've got another event which is going to bring together Novadeo, one of our girl members, but also with Salesforce, uh, talking about what is happening on this theme around platform. So that should be fascinating to hear how an organization like Salesforce, which has got massive reach and a great ability to sort of connect with other systems, are working with companies doing things in ins- insurance. Uh, we'll be releasing the list later this uh, later next week so people can see and we're already live for our 24th of september event and as usual it's filling up quickly so uh, if you haven't already registered by the time you've heard this then um, get out there and, and click the button because we hate turning people away at the door matthew robin thank you very much for your insight we're looking forward to an incredibly exciting i think you know important uh, autumn when it comes to what digital transformation means for the market and we look forward to meeting with all our members at those upcoming events Well, if you enjoyed that and haven't come across the rest of our podcast, I suggest you uh, take a look. You might find something in there that goes into a bit more detail on some of the topics you're interested in. And of course, if you'd like to know more about Instec, you can find us at www.instec.london. You'll see our events on there and can register for the forthcoming events. And you'll be able to find a schedule of our events for the remainder of this year uh, shortly.